there, friends. Welcome back. Today is the final installment of our topic discussion of which kingdom are you expanding. And in the past several episodes here that we've been talking about the, the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. And uh, today, uh, author Rick Salcida and myself here will get into, although there is two kingdoms, there is also a choice. And how our choice and the actions that we take can either expand the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. So today we're going to put it on us, Rick, in what uh, our part is in all of this. So, uh, Rick, get us started here. Okay, we're going to start off in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, which says, Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So Jesus' selfless sacrifice created a pleasing aroma to God. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 18 says, At the moment I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied by the gifts that you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling f- sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. So the church in Philippi had sent a love offering to the Apostle Paul to sustain him during his missionary work. And that selfless act of generosity created a a sweet-smelling sacrifice, a a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Now, when they did these things, it didn't just create the aroma of roses around everybody. Okay, this was in the spiritual realm. So our acts can create a pleasing aroma to God in the spiritual realm. So if we can, if our acts can create a a a, an aroma, might they not? not also create light or darkness in that that spiritual realm around us. So with that in mind, our actions, our thoughts can either expand the kingdom of light, creating light, or they create darkness, which would expand the kingdom of darkness. And the more we have wicked thoughts or engage in sin, we're creating darkness. And when that kingdom of darkness gets bigger, we're allowing Satan more room to operate. Right. Especially in our own personal lives. Yeah. So um, in First John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. So when we sin, we're volunteering to be of the devil. Right. You know, we're creating darkness because we know his kingdom has been referred to as the kingdom of darkness. And we know sin is dark. And ugly and bad. Right. Um, so when we when we choose to sin, we're expanding Satan's kingdom here on earth. In uh, the Gospel of John, chapter five, verse fourteen, it, uh, Jesus is talking to the man uh, that he healed at the pool of Bethesda. It says later Jesus found him at the temple, and he said to him, "See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you." So he was telling the man, "If you keep sinning," You're going to allow the forces of darkness to inflict something worse on you. Right. And so Jesus is warning him, you know, don't create darkness around yourself. Don't give the devil that latitude to operate in your life. So sin is dark. And when we sin, we're creating darkness around us. Therefore, we're expanding the kingdom of darkness. We're giving the rulers of the darkness the ability to operate in our lives and around us. And, and more often than not, because we're children of God, they're going to try and inflict something, you know, terrible on us. So we have it within our ability 
by living a right life, by living a um, a repentant and obedient life to God, to limit their power against us. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So the, the Spirit is telling us here, you know, if you're born again and you're saved and you're a child of God, don't live a lifestyle of sin. Right. Don't have habitual sin in your life. You've been set free from that. And why? Because when we do, again, we're, we're, we're generating darkness around us and the, and the evil forces like to operate in that darkness. And I'm talking in the, you know, spiritual realm right. now around us. Um, you know, some people might say, Oh, you're, you know, that's, that's nuts, but, how often have you heard a preacher say the spiritual realm is more real oh, than the physical realm? Yep. You know, and so that's what we're talking about here. Because what happens in the spiritual eventually manifests in the physical. Yep. In Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So we have a choice as we talked about um, in the parts one and two, we have a choice. We can decide to um, let sin reign in our mortal body, or we can, you know, rebuke it and obey God. Um, you know, I got to say, I think that when you are born again, the majority of, um, your your thoughts and, and your lifestyle will automatically gravitate towards doing right to God because you love Him, okay? Because you'll you you'll understand if you really have a grasp of what salvation is and the level of forgiveness that was given, you inherently automatically have this response to love God um, as uh, I mean with your whole heart. But everybody has their hangups, okay? So. Mm -hmm. Majority of your life and the things that you do will automatically kind of fall in place once that salvation happens because you want to please the Lord. But there are certain things in our lives that take um, a stronghold to the body and to the mind. And so what happens is, is what I think Paul is referring to is that overall in life, you already should be living a life that's pleasing to God. But when these certain strongholds may come up, maybe it's sexual immorality, um, Maybe it's, uh, you know, those lustful eyes, or maybe it's something of theft or lying or whatever it may be, right? Those, those are the times when you really have to make a choice because you recognize right then and that you are torn between the spirit man and, um, and, and the, the body, uh, man, the, the natural man and the spirit. Um, knows what's right. And so this is where it comes down to making those choices between the two. And this is how we can condition ourselves by listening to the spirit and letting the spirit then over dominate the natural man, bringing that thought under captivity, that these things become easier and easier and easier. But I really think that we should know that these are most of the things that we'll do in life after salvation will be glorifying God automatically but that our strongholds is what we'll be struggling with. And I think that's really what Paul was writing to the Roman church about were these things that they have, because they had a lot of issues already, you know, uh, the Roman church did. But, you know, yeah. when he was talking about this, because this is all in the same time that he's talking about the law, 
you know, and how you're not, um, you know, condemned by the law anymore, you know, so on and so forth, but choose right over wrong. Mm-hmm. And I like uh, where you, you know, you had uh, mentioned that the more you do it, the easier it gets. That's right. It may be difficult at first. That's right. You might stumble a lot, but don't give up. That's Eventually, right. you're going to get stronger and stronger. Right. Because what happens if we don't, if we make the other decision, it's already easy. Mm-hmm. And then we start what we call backsliding. Yeah. You know, it's and you're almost kind of self-condemning when that's out. I failed. And then next time mm-hmm. I'm coming around, well, I, I failed last time. And you don't even think this process. It just naturally happens quickly in mm-hmm. your head. And then the next thing you know, you start walking off the path of righteousness. Yeah, because what you're doing is you're surrounding yourself with more darkness. That's right. That's exactly right. In, instead of light. Yeah. And um, it says, you know, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. But it says, you know, offer every part of yourself as an instrument of righteousness. Well, we're we're a spirit. Mm-hmm. We have a soul. We live in a body. Yeah. So spiritually, we're righteous by getting born again. Right. And we're regenerated spirit. In our soul, we can be an instrument of righteousness by having clean thoughts, pure desires in our heart. Right. Um, you know, not holding a grudge against people. Yeah. You know, that's a, a bad desire in your heart. You know, I want something bad to happen to them for sure. what they did to me. In body, you know, we can be an instrument of righteousness by the words we speak to people, mm-hmm. by the actions that we take. You know, good works right. will make our bodies be an instrument of righteousness. So uh, that's how we can avoid sin and, and be instruments of righteousness to create light around us. Yep. And not only that, but we'll create light in other people's lives. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, I don't think the darkness or the light just stops with us. Right. It impacts our families. It impacts those we interact with. I agree with that. I agree with that. In uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thought on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Yeah. So this here is, you know, a lot of times you've, you, I'm sure everybody's heard that the, the battlefield, the battle's in our mind. You know, so here, this is telling us how we can uh, win that battle. Focus our thoughts on good things, you know, things that are true, honorable, right, pure. So don't focus our thoughts on wicked things. You know, don't uh, focus on how you're going to plot against somebody to to take something that that they have that you're coveting. You know, refute that right away. Um, Don't focus on, you know, the attractive wife next door, you know, or whatever. Um focus on those things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. So that's, you know, in, in, in doing that, we're, we're using our soul as an instrument of righteousness, our mind. Um, and then in, uh, you, you had touched on this earlier. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five says, we demolish arguments and every pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ. Right. And that's what you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, one way to do that, you know, we all, like you said, when, when we get saved, we generally want it to please God and do right. But there are, you know, there are things known that are known as intrusive thoughts. Right. They just pop in our mind and we don't know, you know, where they come from. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, some people, you know, we're all flawed differently. Some people really battle with this. Yeah, absolutely. They're constantly bombarded with these intrusive thoughts and other people, it happens every now and then. Right. Okay. Um, 
But when that happens, one thing we can do to, to battle it, first of all, you know, I did a little study on this because a lot of people with PTSD, they suffer from massive intrusive thoughts. You know, they just can't shut it off. Right. Um, but, you know, one thing I, I've read psychologists say is um, the more you pay attention to it, the more power you give it. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so you, you want to try to ignore it. You want it to uh, acknowledge that, well, it's just a thought. It's not reality. Right. And right. the other thing that helps is if say you have a thought of, um, you know, your neighbor offended you, so you want to, you know, tear down their fence. Okay. Well, if that thought pops in your mind, just say, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, you know, or love your neighbor as yourself. Right. You know, just tell that thought. It is written. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. You know, and that'll help you to just, and then, and then ignore it. Say, okay, I've defeated that thought and move on. Just ignore it. Don't give it the power that it's trying to, to gain over you. Yeah. That's a good point. And uh, in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we have the authority and the power and the ability, if we use it, to make the devil flee. And to flee doesn't mean, you know, he's going to just throw up his arms and say, Oh, well, I, you know, I failed this time and casually walk off. The word flee means to run away in terror. And that first account in part one where we talked about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness he rebuked Satan. He said, away, you know, away from me or away with you, Satan, or however, however he said it. Um, so he rebuked Satan and Satan left. Cause if you, if you look at what Jesus did in, in the wilderness, that's this verse. He submitted to God because God told him, go out in the wilderness fast for 40 days. So he was submissive to God. Then the devil showed up and, and tried to tempt him and he resisted the devil and he used the word of God to push back on the devil. And then, and as a result, he ultimately rebuked the devil and the devil fled from him. So, and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit wouldn't tell us in, in the book of James to do this if we didn't have that same power over the devil. Right. And then in Romans chapter 14, verses 17 through 18, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. So the kingdom of God, it goes beyond flesh. It involves our spirit and our soul. And the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness uh, operate just as much in the spiritual realm, if not more, you know, as it does in the physical realm. Right. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, it says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is telling us, well, God's will is pretty much automatically done in heaven. But we have to invite it to be done here on earth. It's not an automatic thing. And the same with uh, his kingdom. Your kingdom come here on earth. Your kingdom be established here on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Well, in heaven, it's established. But on earth, we have to in, we have to invite it in. We have to do our part to bring it in, usher it in, and expand it here on earth. Um, so we pray that God can use us to enact his will on earth and expand his kingdom of light here. So by being used by God and obeying God, we're expanding the kingdom of light and pushing back the kingdom of darkness in the spiritual realm around us. Right. And then finally, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20, it says... 
The seventy-two returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that your spirit, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So here the, this, Jesus gave his disciples the authority over the kingdom of darkness and over evil spirits. And he delegated that same authority to us. That's right. Um, during the great, you know, when he did the, what they well, call the great, the, commission, the great right. commission. Yeah. So we have that authority over, uh, snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And we can magnify and enhance that authority by living a um, repentant and obedient life unto God. Yep. You know, because if we if we have that, uh, you know, what people like to call secret sin or we're just playing around in the devil's playground, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a little tiny thing, right. you know. Well, you know, a little yeast leavens the whole loaf, right? Right. Um, well, whenever we do that stuff, if we're not living an obedient, submissive life to God, then we're... We're limiting our power against the devil, mm-hmm. you know. So if we want to have great power and authority uh, over the devil, we need to create more of God's kingdom around us. We need to create light versus darkness. Absolutely. You know, by a- avoiding bad thoughts, you know, avoiding having wicked desires, avoiding, you know, actually committing sin. Right. And um, so that's... You know, that's how we can expand the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. You know, we can impact each. We have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, we have free will. So we can choose to to do actions that expand the kingdom of light, God's kingdom here on earth, you know, in the spiritual realm around us. Or we can we can expand the kingdom of darkness. You know, if you expand one, you're pushing back against the other. So, you know, as children of God, we really need to be expanding the kingdom of light. Right. You know, God's kingdom. Yeah. Well, doing doing nothing is doing something. You need to understand that too. That you're choosing one or the other, at all times. At all times, yep. there's no rotting yep. the fence. Yep. Well, I hope uh, everyone enjoyed the message and got something beneficial out of it. And until next time, remember to prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. <laughs>